Creative Brain Candy by creators for creators. Of course, some think what we have is unfair. The time difference between zones. I've heard that. But isn't this just the next logical step in our evolution? And hasn't evolution always been unfair? It's always been survival of the fittest. Raise you another two centuries. This is merely Darwinian capitalism. Natural selection. Absolutely. The strong survive. And I think your hand is weak. I call. Thirteen figures. Well played. That was some risk. It wasn't a risk. No offense. I knew I was going to win. <laughs> Confusing times. Is she my mother, my sister, my daughter? You're hoping she's not my wife. Things used to be simpler once. So I'm told. Very beautiful. Daughter. Well, she does look a lot like my wife. Sylvia. Will Salas. Congratulations, Mr. Salas. You've taken years off my father's life. Which is normally what you do. Isn't that right, my darling? <laughs> Welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And this week, we review the film that makes time a commodity because apparently society didn't have enough anxiety. It stars Justin Timberlake, Amanda Seyfried, and Killian Murphy. It's 2011's In Time. But first, he's the idiot who, if you give him enough time, he'll drink himself to death to my enabler who will give him that time. It's Rob. How are you doing, Rob? Uh, first off, that is entirely inaccurate because, uh, I don't drink alcohol. I didn't say drink didn't, alcohol. No, it's, it's, uh, I'm so sorry. What else would he will, me? he will eat enough moon pies to kill a, a rhino. There you How's go. That? How's that? That's, that's okay. better. Moon pies or fudge rounds. That is entirely plausible. All right. And he's back to show us how it's done. He's the host of Better Podcasting and Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. on the Gunna Geek Network. It's Stargate Pioneer. How you doing, SP? Great. I am so glad and pleased to be here to review the first two episodes of Season 2 of Star Trek Lower Decks. All right. We'll, uh, we'll check that off the list. Thanks for the enthusiasm. But uh, 
Yeah, you got the wrong show. Oh, well, I was told that well, I if you're going to to review Star Trek Lower Decks here. Well, we got to get you on the show them. somehow, but it's in time I've this week. I've seen them. We can do it, SP. No. Yeah, I, no, we're I not like doing, it. I mean, we are not doing Lower Decks. You know, anytime he asks a question, we could just revert. Yeah, right. I mean, like how the mom and the daughter are actually getting together or not getting together. I mean, I, I you know, that yeah. could be the start of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't like either one of you today. Oh, when did you ever? It's Good just question. Another okay. Sunday. So around CBC this week, uh, we have got a new episode of Eyes Forward March. They are looking at finding Zen and conversation. So. Uh, they're they're talking about uh, conversation with uh, some friends and how to relieve stress using conversation. Uh, we've also got a new episode of Satic smoking and drinking in capes this week. We do, yeah, of One Division episodes one through three. Oh, you guys can go ahead and skip that one because uh, Caden's <laughs> on it. Just that because Caden's on it, I mean the first three actually. Episodes, I mean, the whole series was really good. I mean, it doesn't matter who's talking about it. It's that's, a good show. It is. That's true. that's true. Yeah, definitely don't skip yeah. that. Also, there's a new video out with Simply Stogie's podcast. Uh, that is Tim and James. They're talking about Don Fausto and cigars for the Warriors Loyalty Blend Coffee. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know what Warriors Loyalty Blend Coffee is. I don't know what Don Fausto uh, is. So, um, yeah, but... Check that out if you if you want to learn how to hoard cigars and coffee. Yeah, you know you don't have to pimp his show anymore. He's not on. He's not on the show, but he's still in yeah. CBC. It's still a CBC it, show. You, we're we're just talking about what's happening around CBC. Uh, man, okay. Uh, my network. <laughs> you got any news for us this week, Rob? Um, I do. I have, um, I have four things of news. Um, I'm going to ask my standard question here. Do you want science, um, fiction, or uh, superhero? Why are you bringing and, superhero look, news I got to rid- my oh, sci-fi show? Okay, so um, not this week, but next week on September 3rd, you will find out that I am no longer doing news uh, on Satic. So now I'm doing news and superhero news on Satis. But because of time travel and how shit works, um, yeah, uh, I've, I've totally screwed up time travel over here. Um, I've got superhero news over here. Now, as an outsider, I just want to make an observation to the producer of Smoking and Drinking in Space. Now, if you happen to be the producer of Smoking and Drinking in Space and you are talking about a science fiction podcast or sci-fi based podcast. And I had a co-host that would come on and want to do comic book news. I would enforce that the comic book news would have to be in some way sci-fi related. Yeah. Trying to enforce anything with Rob is like trying to herd cats. Oh no, I got it. I got it. I can do this. I can make this all oh sci-fi. My God. Let's let's see what right. kind of mental gymnastics he's right, going to do with off, this. All, Jason, wait a minute. All you need, Jason, is a squirt bottle with vinegar in it and squirt <laughs> him whenever he doesn't do what you want him to do. And eventually he'll do what you want him to do. Done. Done. Perfect. Um. So my first news item for today is 
there is rumblings and grumblings out there that uh, Warner Brothers wants to reboot the Justice League. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. So the reason why this is sci-fi is because they have it in their head that they can do it better. Well, that's it's, not science fiction. That's, oh, that's just fiction. That's, fan, that's just fantasy, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Dang. Well, I tried. Uh, anyway, the same people uh, over on Got This Covered. Oh, God. Uh, they're they're same bastion sources. bastion of fucking newsworthiness. Yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, the same people that uh, broke that Ben Affleck was going to be in um, The Flash uh, before it was even confirmed are also talking, uh, have also released that uh, Warner Brothers is tentatively exploring their options when it comes to a Justice League reboot. Wait, which Flash? Uh, the Flash, the one that's coming out, uh, I guess, what, next year, year after? Whenever. The one they haven't started filming or writing or have a no, director I thought, associated I thought, with it? No, no, they. I thought they already like had written it and stuff because they've got Michael Keaton uh, attached to it, right? Yeah, but I think he signed on without a script. Oh, so I didn't realize that there so was So this no is the Flash involved. movie, not the series? Correct. The Flash movie, not the CW series. So, uh, it's supposed to come out in 2022, according to IMDb. I don't yeah, know. but yeah. Who knows? I um, don't trust anything when it comes to the DC and... Anything, Mm-mm. really. No, no. That's why it's very science fiction. It's very fiction. November 4th, 2022 is is the scheduled release date. So maybe oh, they are producing that. it. A lot of time to screw it up between now and then. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely. Warner will definitely do that. Yep. They will. Uh, next uh, next piece of, uh, of business here is um, Anthony Mackie has officially signed on to do Captain America 4. Uh, he has signed on the dotted line and all that kind of good stuff. Um, That's not so news. We, we knew that was going to happen. We knew it was going to happen. It was just, it just hadn't happened. Um, oh, what's that? What's that I hear? Beep, 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 beep. Oh, yeah. It's the dump truck full of cash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That they put on them. Yeah, that they backed up and say, hey, Anthony, we need you to helm a Captain America 4 film. Would you do it? He's like, I don't know. You know, that series that we did got a lot of gruff from it. I know it ended kind of well, but I'm, I'm just not sure. And then you got this whole lawsuit thing with Black Widow. And I, I just don't know yeah. if I want to do it. And they went, beep, 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 beep. What's that? Like, okay. what's, that, what's that noise I hear? Yeah, that's the dump truck full oh. of cash. That was, you know. Going, awesome. Coming up his driveway. Yeah. Just pour it in my pool, please. Or in that, uh, I don't know, 15-year-old truck he's driving around in. Yeah. All right. Um, here's some real science. Um, some new research has just uh, come out that uh, the Stonehenge monuments are uh, made, of, made up of a nearly indestructible material. What? Yeah. It's rock. Uh, so, They're made yeah. of rock. Stone. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's in the name. Yeah, but they, they figured out what uh, what makes it so impervious to, you know, crumbling erosion. Because, They're big. Know, they're big, yeah. Um, they've been, they were erected 5,000 years ago, uh, roughly. Um, Which is the, not much actually, in, in geological right. time. Right, I mean, but... 
if you go in the history of the site, it, it occurred over a myriad of centuries that it was actually right. constructed. So it it's wasn't true. all done at once. Yeah. Yeah. But it, uh, but it finished about 5,000 years ago, supposedly. Okay. Um, is what they're saying. So, so what is this um, stuff? So back in the 50s, uh, they had a restoration uh, program happening for Stonehenge and a stone cutter uh, named Robert Phillips uh, got a core sample of one of the stones um, and kept it as <laughs> kept it as a souvenir because back then I guess it wasn't protected. Uh, you know now it's a it's a protected monument and you you can't even like get scrapings off of it. Um, but anyway, so he had this core sample and uh, he he gave it to um, a research group. Um, back in 2018, just before he passed away, uh, he passed away in 2020. And so a research team has been looking at it and they figured out using CT scanning, x-rays and microscopic analysis, uh, that the boulders are composed of sand sized quartz grains that are cemented together by an interlocking mosaic of quartz crystals. So it's crystalline and I guess got fine sand. So it's almost like cement, maybe quartz cement. So, so it's rock. It's rock. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's quartz it's, rock. It's quartz rock, but it's a, but it's in a uh, different structure than what they expected. It wasn't, uh, I guess it wasn't in a crystalline form or in a, like sandstone, you know, it was a little bit of everything. Well, they yeah. weren't cut on site. They were cut. I don't know. I want to say like, uh, like half a country away really. And they were transported to the site using a weird, uh, spaceship thing of, well, I mean, they, they use barges. They used, um, they drug it across the spaceships. Uh, well, you know, I, yeah, sure. We can go unidentified aerial phenomenon. Let's let's do that. Perfect. Okay. All right. Well, I feel Last dumber. One. Oh, no, no. God, I got one you've more. got one more. No, no. I saved the best for last, Jason. I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about the uh, Chateau de uh, Chateau Picard? It was a decent wine. I enjoyed it. It was a decent. It was a decent wine. Yeah. Um, did you have, did, is that all you had? Was that Chateau Picard? Uh, no, I did the Federation wine too. Oh, I've the still Federation got some of Planets? My, yeah. Was it the uh, Zinfandel or the Sauvignon Blanc? It was the Zinfandel. Zinfandel? Okay. Um, did you ever try the Klingon blood wine? I have not. Oh, so you need to try that. And while you're trying that, you need to go ahead and grab the two new ones that they've got. Uh, they have created a Cardassian Canar uh, red wine blend. So, uh, and it is in the same uh, bottle that they used on the show. So it's in the same style, you know, snake, serpent, uh, spirally thing. So okay. that's, that's pretty cool. Um, it is a mixture of, uh, let's see here it is. Uh, it is a mixture of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, uh, Petit Syrah, and Petit Verdot. Okay. All mixed together. Um, if that is not your fancy, you could also go and uh, try out the Andorian Blue Chardonnay. 
Oh my god, they dyed Chardonnay blue. Uh, it is a Chardonnay from Santa Lucia Highlands, and it's a blue color. Yeah, yeah. So they dyed uh, Chardonnay blue because yep. Chardonnay is, typ- is a is a white. Yeah, typically yeah, a, a light blue. gold or a, a, yep. a pale it's, yellow. It's got uh, notes of citrus, peach, and apricots. So uh, you can add those. Uh, that uh, came out from it's Star Trek wines. Comes out from Wines That Rock. And uh, right now they are available for pre-sale. And when are they available and how much are they? Uh, you know, that is a good question. Why did you ask me questions like that? Uh, because I expected you to read the article, oh, stupid me, oh, okay. for, for doing that. I or should, actually no, going no, no. to the website so, of yeah, StarTrekWines.com, which right, right. says that they will be in shipping November 2021 on sale for 299 US down from that's 310. For the, yeah, well, that's unf- the uh that's the six pack though. That's the full armada so you get one of uh one of each type, I believe. Well, unfortunately end. for me, I can't yeah. have wine shipped to me. Why? I live why in a state that prohibits imports of wine through the mail. We currently do not ship internationally. We can ship to the following states. And if you go down the list, it goes it Pennsylvania, like Iowa is there. South Carolina, and Texas. But South Dakota is not there. That is yeah. correct. Um, Minnesota yeah. is there. Yeah, Iowa's there. So, you know, you could ship it to James and uh, meet up with him. Uh, yeah, he would think it's a cigar and hoard it. Probably. I will admit some of these bottles kind of look decent, but I got burned out on all this stuff when I went to the James T. Kirk bourbon and paid an overwhelming amount for three-year-old bourbon. So I am (laughs) three-year-old bourbon. Yeah. Well, it was supposed to be a special reserve with all and all that, but they oversold. So the, I did not get a numbered bottle. If you got a numbered bottle, you actually got the good stuff, but they oversold, so they were wondering how they delayed and delayed and delayed. And I'm speculating at this point, but I think what they did is they just ordered more bottles. So you did get the collectible bottle, but they filled it full of this like varnish. It literally, it's the worst tasting <laughs> bourbon that I've ever had. I can't did drink bourbon fin- anyway. Did you finish it or did you use it to uh, brighten up your furniture? I give it to every guest that comes into this house that I do not like. Nice. Perfect. Uh, it's $110 to get uh, the two-pack, which has the Andorian and the Cardassian one. That seems high. I mean, I know that they're, I know that half of that's probably licensing and, and collectible, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, for a red blend and a Chardonnay, I'm not a huge white, uh, white wine drinker, so mm, I might pass on those. Especially mm. a Chardonnay that's dyed blue. <laughs> but would it make your pea blue, you think? <laughs> Maybe. Who's ready for a pod crawl? Let's do it. All right. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. It's 2169, and everyone is young and hot. In this time, everyone ceases aging at the tender young age of 25, but then are only given a year to live. Fortunately, they can have additional time added to their death sentence through various ways like handies at the bus station. Will Salas is just your average working Joe living day to day on the hours he can scrape together. 
It's Will's super hot mom's birthday. She's 50, but doesn't look a day over 25, and they have plans to celebrate in a couple days after she gets back from work. Will and his friend of 10 years, Borel, head to work, and then to a local bar to piss away a few minutes on some drinks. There they see Henry Hamilton, who is buying drinks for the house, and attracting unwanted attention by flaunting his 116-year account balance. Some local thugs, led by Fortis, the localest of thugs with his British accent, decide they want that 116 years for themselves, and Henry, who seemed to have a death wish just moments earlier, is having second thoughts. Will saves his ass and they hide out in a conveniently located abandoned warehouse, sharing some booze and life stories. Henry's life story is one of a long life and regret for basically being immortal. He wants to end it all, and while Will is sleeping, gives him all but five minutes of his remaining time. Then he waits out the clock before dying and taking a header off the bridge. Will heads home, but stops by Borel's house along the way to hand over a decade of his life, and then that night, heads to the bus stop to meet his mom for her birthday celebration. But his mom, after paying off a two-day loan, doesn't have enough time to catch a bus due to the increased rates, and had to run back to their neighborhood. But she's too slow a runner to make it in time, and her biological clock winds down to zero just as she falls in Will's arms, dead. Will, upset that his mom didn't take her cardio seriously enough, vows revenge on the people in Greenwich, for reasons. The next day he rents a limo to take him to the Greenwich time zone, no, not that one, the one located in 2169 Los Angeles, and promptly begins to piss away the time given him on hotel suites and expensive meals. Meanwhile, the time cops are investigating the death of a wealthy guy, and they just don't buy that he offed himself, and besides, there is video evidence of Will running to the spot on the bridge several moments after the guy died and fell, so he must have murdered him with his words, or something. Will, a degenerate gambler, heads to the casino, with his remaining 110 or so years left, and sits down at the big boy poker table to either end his run quick, or set himself up for several lifetimes. Chasing an inside straight like a degenerate gambler does, luck be a lady tonight, because he catches it on the river, and earns himself an 1100-year pot. The time magnate he had every reason to lose his life to, invites him to continue drooling over his daughter at a party the next day. Will wants to head to the party in style, so he buys himself a jag and rolls in like store brand James Bond. After barely dancing with Sylvia, the time baron's daughter, he takes her out to the ocean to see if she can swim, but mostly because he wants to see her naked. After a bit they head back to the house so Will can try and lose his life again by gambling it away, but the time cops are there to ask a few questions. Will is upfront and honest about how he got all his time, but Ray, the head time cop and presumed helicopter kick expert, doesn't believe him, and confiscates all but a few hours of his time. Will has had enough of this nice guy shit, and escapes the police while taking Sylvia hostage. A car chase later they are back in the slums and he's looking for a way to score some more time. They get ambushed by Fortis and gang, and Fortis steals most of Sylvia's ten-year balance. Will and Sylvia, seeing they only have a few minutes left to live, start looking for the nearest bus station for some quick minutes. They instead find a pawn shop who gives them a day for Sylvia's earrings, and then they call Daddy Timebucks for a ransom. When Daddy doesn't pay, Sylvia goes rogue, and we switch to Bonnie, and Clyde meet Robin Hood mode where Sylvia, and will rob the rich, and give to the poor, all the while evading police and gangsters alike. But they get a harsh lesson in economics, when they see all their hard work go down the drain, as inflation waves hello, and knocks the price up on everything. But they don't learn the lesson too well, because now their plan is to steal a million years to give to the poor in the hopes that it will collapse the system. To what end, who knows, it's not clear they thought that far or even care, but collapse the system they will do. They break into daddy's vault and steal his one million year time thingy, and hand it over to the local mission, who starts handing it out to the poor. Ray is still on their heels, and finally catches up to them in the sticks, but wasn't watching his own time, 
forgetting to take his per diem, and dies of boredom, I mean runs out of time. Will and Sylvie race to his car to steal his day's salary, the time-based economic system starts to crumble because people stop working since they have a few years to lounge around, and roll Will and Sylvie continuing their bank-robbing rampage charity campaign, credits. All right, 2011's In Time. I I am not fond of this film. It's, well, I had the time of my life. Oh, God. Who put this on the list? Me. Yeah, this would be Rob because it had time. I'm sure he mm-hmm. thought it it had time in the title. I'm sure he thought it had it had something to do with time travel, and he was oh no, I had already mistaken. seen this. Oh my god, you, you saw this film and you put it on there anyway. Why? Yeah, because it had it, time in the title. Jesus, you look, know, I also put timeline on the list. I think. I, and, just think there might have to be some sort of a double check on things going on the list. No, like look, you go over if, to Rotten Tomatoes and if it's like, I don't know, below nope. 55% or something like that of an audience score, you don't do it. I mean, nope. the only criteria is that it says sci-fi on IMDb. I'm proposing an or additional Wikipedia. criteria. Or Wikipedia. Older of all knowledge. knowledge. Yeah. Um, look, if, if James can front load the uh, superhero list with a bunch of cartoons. Um, I can front load uh, the sci-fi list with a bunch of trolling, trolling movies. Yeah. Well, look, it's not my podcast and I don't have to listen to an episode when it comes out, but you, you know, but I, you do anyway, cause you're a sucker for punishment. No, I don't listen to everything. <laughs> oh, <laughs> But apparently you listen to my mess ups. Unfortunately, because that one was easy, right? That that was was the first first, five seconds. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, so the guy that directed and produced this film is actually really good. It's Andrew Nichol. And he did did Gattaca, Lord of War and Good Kill. Although I haven't seen, I've seen parts of Good Kill. And from what I saw, it was, it was decent. I haven't seen the whole thing. He's he's a good producer and director. I mean, Gattaca is, is a, a saddest favorite. And, you know, Lord of War, it's not sci-fi, but it's still really good. I'm really disappointed in this movie. It's And it's not really the acting. I thought the acting was fine. I mean, it's it's got a decent cast. Yeah, uh, the cast is decent, but here's my problem with the acting. It's a bunch of young actors, like 25, 30 years. I don't know the actual age of the actors, but they're all supposed to be playing somebody that's 25, right? So it's a bunch well, of people yeah, that are yeah. twenty in their late 20s, early 30s, and they're trying to simulate what is Being going old. on with like a 100-year-old. Now, granted, their bodies are younger, but their facial expressions, how they go into meetings, how they interact with other people, there's no experience with those interactions whatsoever. It is literally like going into a kidney garden and having them try to play teachers. It's just not going to work. <laughs> right. And that's a good point. A lot of these, a lot of the characters in this film are supposed to be, you know, octogenarians or older and, but, but they don't really act as, as such. Yeah, and, still, and so that, that goes to, like you know, youngins. are, are your actions part of your aging process? Is, is it, uh, is it, is it, you know, biological? The way that you, the way that you act as you age, or is it from experience? Uh, your your experiences through life is is that what shapes your 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 
body expressions or your, your facial expressions. So that's, that's a good question. I would say it's probably your experiences through life and, and they probably missed the mark in this movie by having a bunch of young people try and play old people. I, I'm not going to complain that they had Olivia Wilde and Amanda Seyfried on there. No, I'm, I'm not. Lovely. They had Olivia Wilde in there for the first five minutes just to get the headliner and then they kill her off to piss you off and then uh, move on with the story. I had totally forgotten she was in it until uh, until I watched this. It was just really weird. It was, yeah. It was really weird and it was, her playing it was kinda, his mom and him calling her creepy. mom. And yeah, yeah, it was just really, really weird and uncomfortable. It, it was creepy, but I do like I do like how they addressed it. Um, addressed this kind of sort of creepiness during the poker game when when he said, um, "You're trying to figure out if it's my wife, my mother, or my daughter." Right. It's yeah, like, and then they doubled yeah. down at the party when all three of them were Show standing next line. to yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah, you had wife, mother, and daughter. Yep, yep. All Mother-in-law, in wife, and daughter. Mother-in-law. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So it was three generations of women that were all 25 years old. Getting back to Olivia Wilde for a second. So she died because she couldn't make a two-hour walk in an hour and a half. Because that's what time she had. She had 90 minutes. She couldn't make right. a two-hour walk in 90 minutes. Well, okay, it's because so she forgot to take the heels off. Yeah. Well, let's say she can walk nominally 3.5 miles an hour. That's a pretty so that's good seven, clip. That's seven miles. You can run seven miles. You can run jog seven miles or jog walk seven miles in 90 minutes. Especially if your life depended on it. And here's another thing. If your life does depend on everything you do, why wasn't there more running going on in Dayton? There was just people all walking around and nobody was running anywhere. I would imagine if I only had so much time that I would be running from point A to point B to try to hustle a little bit and try to get more time. I mean, if you didn't, so what? You'd die earlier, but the hustlers would be able to maintain their clocks a little bit longer at least. So I would imagine that there would be more running. They talk about it, but you don't really see it. Other than when he goes to new Greenwich, right. You know, at the, you know, and they show it just because they needed to mention it. Oh, or whenever from, they had to have a gratuitous yeah. run scene. Right, right, right. In heels. I mean, all the girls were wearing heels and running whenever their life depended on it. And I was like, you can't run fast in heels. Well, you can't run fast in heels. That's true. That is so true. So you mentioned something, I think, in the pod crawl, and I think you mentioned it in the intro. It's supposed to be, what, 20? It started in 2169, or this is supposed to be 2169. I did yes. not see that referenced in the movie at all. Yeah, it was It was in the movie. They They started out, I think it was in the beginning of the movie, the very beginning of the movie. They mentioned it sometime. At the beginning of the movie was the voiceover of, I don't have time to worry about it. And that kind of shut the door on this whole biological thing that's happening where they weren't going to explain it. I'm sorry. You just, you get to 25 and then you stop aging and then you have a one year clock. So yeah. So I, in your arm is, is that is so genetically, I, I can understand them being genetically engineered to stop aging at 25. Uh, sure. Whatever that that's potentially plausible. The only way I can see that the other piece of this is if they have some sort of tech in their body. Yeah. Right. So, so some, yeah. something that stops their heart. And and this is this is something I want to talk about. Out. Yeah. Well, and this is something I want to talk about. Is first, so they're they're genetically engineered to to stop aging at twenty five, and I'm guessing as some sort of population control, they decided that you know at age of twenty six. 
you're going to die. So they implant these timers, for lack of a better word, in their left arm. And they do this at birth, right? Because we saw the we saw the birth of his friend's child and it had a it had a tiny little clock on it his a, left yeah. arm. So this is this is a biomechanical process. They they I mean, I, I don't think these people are born with a timer <laughs> in their arm. Born with and a timer in their you arm. Can, you can add and subtract time through a mechanical means like, you know, the the whatever whatever mechanism they have in their right hand that they use to transfer balances. So this is a bio biomechanical uh, feature. And once that timer runs out, it somehow like stops your heart, stops your brain activity. It kills you basically. Yeah. My problem with it's this tech. is a couple of, I mean, I have several problems with this first. Why? I mean, the, the, the ramifications of having a 26 year lifespan just on, I understand population control. So you don't want, you know, people living forever. The population continues to grow and then you outstrip your resources. That's fine. But killing people at 26, let's, let's eliminate the, the transfer of balances. Let's just say that you turn 26 and you die. What happens when you have kids? I mean, so let's say at the earliest that you can have kids is whenever you hit puberty, which is around what, 13, 14 years old. So we're yeah. going back to like the middle ages where, you know, people had kids at, you know, 13, 15 years old. By the time you're 26, that kid is 11. So now they're fending for themselves at 11 years old because you died because you hit the end of your time. I mean, that's that's going to just that's going to lead to the destruction of society right there. So I think 26 was a stupid, arbitrarily low uh, measure of time should be like 52 you know so you can at least be old or whatever 26 plus 18 so it had to be 25 to make all the people pretty on screen right yes oh yeah that was that was a purely artistic uh choice and i think it was a a bad choice because well uh, what so so they could have fixed that by saying you're 25 but then you know you get Five years after yeah. that, you know, I mean, so they, they didn't 30, have to kill you, you at twenty six because you're still going to look twenty five, even though you're fifty. So, I mean, they could have added yeah. another twenty five years to your life. I, I so I think that was a an artistic choice was the twenty five year, not aging past twenty five. I think they were trying to do some sort of, well, so it was a very heavy handed commentary on class warfare. Uh, throughout this movie with the haves and the have nots. Uh, and that's, that's basically what the commoditizing of these uh, timers was, was you, you've got an elite class of people that have all the time in the world to do whatever they want. And they're oppressing the people who are just basically scraping out day-to-day living. Right. I thought that was really heavy handed. They could have handled that a lot better. Um, it was just, in your face and and while I don't mind social commentary and and movies and art you got to you got to make it at least entertaining and and not so smack you upside the head with it so so this this wasn't your wet dream because of the economic stuff that was playing out in here well and even the economics had problems because all you saw 
in Dayton anyway, and in New Greenwich was time. Time was the 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 little time the vaults or whatever that they were making in the uh, factory, and it was all about time. Yet, where is the food made? I mean, Olivia Wilde, whatever her name was, I forget what her name was. She referenced the fact Olivia's that she was fun. going. It, she referenced the fact that she was going to the uh, fabric district or the fashion district or whatever. Garment so, district, yeah. Gar- yeah, there was another district out there, probably not called Dayton, but you don't see it. All you see is this time between Dayton and New Greenwich. And you know that there's other zones out there. You see it on the map. You see right. it as there's they pass, at least 12 pass through. Yeah. Because they pass through gate 12, yeah. It's like the Hunger Games or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. But I I got very turned off about the whole the social commentary because it was solely on time. You didn't see anything else. You didn't see how the food was made. You didn't see where the cars came from. Cars all had this whiny electric Electric, noise to them, but But they still still growl like a, yeah, (laughs) right. Yeah. That was stupid too. They're growling like they've got combustion engines, but they're all electric vehicles. And maybe they're hybrids. Well, where do they fill them up? I don't know. With did time? you see any? Did you see any gas stations with time? time. Yeah, they, they fill run them up on with time. time. Right, they run on time. Right. And it's twenty one sixty nine, and they're using SUVs from the nineteen seventies. Yeah, well, well that's I, something so, that he does. That's something yes, that the director that, does. That is actually a, a trademark of Andrew Nichol. Is he uses he uses older buildings and older cars as kind of a a way to keep a timeless look about his movies. He did that in Gattaca uh, to really good effect. Use the um, same um, the same uh, style car that uh, Justin Timberlake was driving. Silas was driving. No, um, no, no, no. You're you're talking about the the Citroen DS, uh, the Citroen yeah. 21 DS. That was in the background of the car lot. Justin Timberlake oh. was driving a Jag. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So if, you're you're saying all these great things about the director, and I don't know if he was constrained or not, but you know the time zones. You look at the map and you kind of get confused. It kind of looks like it's supposed to be the entire continent, but all it's the LA, settings LA. are L.A. And then yeah, you yeah. get to the end of the credits and it was all filmed in L.A. Right. So it's yeah. all L.A. or California. Well, I mean, not I, the rest I, of the world. I recognized L.A. pretty much immediately, especially whenever they well, showed the, the uh, well, yeah, when they, they showed the canals that, yeah. that run through L.A., the drainage I, canals. There was a lot of water in that canal. I lived in Dayton, you know, years ago, and Dayton does not have any canals like that. And then when the guy, Harrison, was that his name? The the original guy that came in with 116 years or whatever, when he dropped off the bridge, there was a big splash, a spluke and mm-hmm. everything. But yet you take a look down and he is face, you know, he's face down in the water, but he's not completely covered by the water. So there's not a big sploosh. There's not enough water to sploosh it before he hits the actual concrete. So maybe he I have, was floating. No, he was just in the water there. He wasn't yeah. floating. Well. I have I a thing know. about the special effects in this. I know that he was trying to probably do minimalist special effects, but the stupid car accident looked like I was throwing a matchbox car down the side of the uh, of a road there. And it's just, it was, it was bad. It, it, really, the only special effects were the armbands. And I'm wondering... I probably should have looked into how they did that. If that was done after the fact, or if they all had to wear some glowy thing on their arms and then they would throw in the time thing whenever they look down there. Yeah, that's a good, good question. I didn't look into how they did the special effects for the, the time signatures on their arm. The, the, the special effects, 
There weren't a ton, and I think most of them were practical. The the car falling down in the canal, I think they probably tamed that down a little bit for safety reasons because I think they actually had people in there, probably stunt. It was people. a model. You you can clearly see it's a model. Was it a model? They scale it. Yeah. Oh yeah. When it was actually now, when it was down there, it was just a wrecked car. But when it was tumbling down the side of the canal, it was a model. You can clearly yeah. see that. I'll have to I'll have to look at that again. I, I wasn't so, paying too close of attention to that, but. Uh, this was a, this was a pretty you were drinking light. heavily, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. This is a pretty just light. Just so you know, hold on, hold on, just because uh, he was curious. Um, you can go to YouTube, and after 21 minutes, you will figure out how to do the end time clock um, on your arm using After Effects. Okay. Yeah. So you can do it. 21 minutes. That's all the time it's going to take on you for you to do it. Well, but is that how they did it in this movie? Well, I don't know, but I mean, if you can do it with After Effects, I'm sure they did something similar to that. They probably then they probably did have like a uh, was a glow stick or something in their sleeve to kind of give that green glow because it did. I know look. they had have glow sticks when they were swimming naked in the uh, ocean. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty way, bright. Yeah, the first rule about living in a clock counting down society is to find the richest man in the world or in the city or whatever. And go skinny dipping with his daughter. That's the first rule about Hell living yeah. in a society like this. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's what Will did. So and that's yeah. that's why he's the, the lead of the movie. Now this this movie had a forty million dollar budget and actually made its money back and then some. Did uh, it hundred and fan most, girls it out was there. all right. it, well, it was all after uh what uh overseas, wasn't it? Mostly? No, I mean about half of it was overseas, so uh, 134, made, uh, 136 million international. Yeah. So it actually was mostly overseas, uh, 37 and a half in the U S and then 136 million over overseas. So about 174 million worldwide. So it, it made its money back and then some. It uh, opened to domestic $12.1 million. That was which the is, opening yeah, on domestic, which wasn't, which isn't great for a movie. Uh, opening weekend, especially whenever its competition was Puss in Boots. Hey, that's a Disney treasure. Puss in Boots is not Disney. I know. That's DreamWorks. I know it's DreamWorks, but... (laughs) And Paranormal Activity 3. The Paranormaling. Well, you know, that's probably James. James probably went and watched that half a dozen times that week. Paranormal Activity 3? Yeah, yeah, because he's all into the... Paranormal activity. And then Puss in Boots, that was me. I watched that half a dozen times because I thought it was a porno. Oh, my God. It released on October 28th. So that's Halloween weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Initially released on October 20th in Westwood. So I guess they did a, a week before for the the Hollywood opening. And then, yeah, October 28th for Halloween weekend. And it still kind of sucked. And we see, you know, people put elaborate cell phone cases on their phones because that's the most important thing for you in our society. In this society, the most important thing is your clock on your arm. I would expect to see more fashionable arm coverings in the higher time zones. Oh, yeah. Not in Dayton. Not just covering it with with a glove, an arm glove. Yeah, there would definitely be elaborate ways to cover that up. Probably. I mean, there would probably be more, 
yeah, stylish ways or fashionable ways to to cover that up. Another big problem that I have with these these uh, timepieces or these these timers that are count, counting down is they're biomechanical, so or bioelectrical. They're they're hackable. I don't understand how this how this didn't just fold pretty quickly after this was implemented because there's, there's no, there hasn't been really any electronics out there that hasn't been able to been to be rooted or, or hacked in some way. Uh, somebody would find a way. Well, then, either that or the, just a shady doctor, you know, taking out whatever it is that stops your heart or brain or whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, there, there, there should be some ways, some sort of some black, sort market, of black market that would be able to remove this. Uh, or to remove the countermeasure or countermeasure the, the, the kill switch in this thing. Not only that, but I would imagine there would be some sort of fragment society that started having kids outside of the normal yeah. medical system. Maybe that's in so time that too. They wouldn't be, you know, hampered with this, this timer in their arm. So there, there should be, you know, some generations, uh, maybe one or two generations now that that don't have the timers in their arms that are so, are twenty five years old and living naturally. So there's a ton of, of flaws well, they in be, the logic they wouldn't in this be living, movie. They wouldn't be living naturally. They'd still be, uh, they'd essentially be immortal. Then at that point, right? Well, yeah, I mean, naturally, without something be, in their arm that's going to kill them at the age of twenty-six. Because if they're already, gen, if they're genetically engineered, if two genetically engineered humans get together, wouldn't they pass on whatever that genetic is to stop your aging? Well, so I think I, I think that's I think that's the point. Is everybody yeah. born after this has that gene? That's probably a right. dominant gene, and so everybody just stops aging, and then they they put this timer in their arm. So I'd written down in my notes, this whole thing is biologically impossible unless they are all robots. That's why I wrote down before we started podcasting. Now, you have mentioned several things that seem like they could make sense to me. And if that is indeed the case, let's say this system or whatever is created by nanites. And then when a baby is born, the nanites replicate themselves inside the fetus. But there's always going to be a chance that you can't get the, uh, the nanites through the placenta to the baby. So there could be babies that are born outside of this that are what we would call genetically deformed, but it's just a nanite not being able to get through. This is all conjecture, but by not explaining what exactly is going on here, it completely ruins the experience for me because I'm, I'm constantly poking holes in this going, well, what if it's this? What if it's this? What if it's this? And they just hand wave it from the beginning and it just, like I said, ruins the experience for me. And I know there's been other beloved franchises out there like Logan's run that have dealt with this stuff before. Like you get to be a certain age, whatever it was, 30 or 21 or whatever it was in Logan's run. 21 in the book and 30 in the movie. Right. So there's very similar things that are out there uh, along these lines. I don't think any of them had the time transfer. Like there was a whole commerce meant that started with that one year. And for the rich, you think about it for the rich to get that, they're as rich as they are, they're getting a good percentage of that one year. And not everybody 
can make it like Olivia Wilde. She made it 25 years in that society. That's an incredible amount. And like that one uh, lady of the night was 60. That's an incredible amount. So in order for them to get to that point, 24 to whatever it is, 35 other people have to die for them to get that time to live that long. It's a horrible pyramid scheme. And it'd be more because they've got predatory lending where they give you time and then, and then charge exorbitant interest on that too. I mean, there was, it was what 30, 35% interest at one point. 37, I think is when it flipped after the first, uh, yeah, it's getting really bad. Heist. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, 30 originally, but then it went up. Yeah. And is it compounded daily? Is hourly? I mean, how is that compounded? I have no idea. Yeah. That's a good question. I'm, I would just I, probably by the second. Just wow. It just wouldn't work. You'd yeah. Kill, so the, you'd the, be the, killing people left, right, and backwards. And that's one of the problems that I have with the whole economic system oh. is how are they allocating this time? I mean, if everybody is born and gets one year, how did the rich get that rich? I mean, they would have literally had to have killed a, a, just a massive amount of people to get that time. I mean, that one guy had a million years. That's a million people. That's a million people. And That's- they were monitoring the amount of time in each zone and trying to balance out the, 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 the amount of time in each zone. I didn't quite understand what they were trying to do there. Um, but they wanted to keep each zone at a, at a certain amount of time in, within that zone. I don't know if it was for an economic reason, if it was for, you know, the, the class system reason, whatever. They didn't explain that. Again, that's, that's one of the, the issues that I have with this. But, yeah, I mean, the, the, the ones that have that kind of money, they, they can shove a ton of money into the system and create huge inflationary uh, or huge amounts of inflation. And so then they're basically starving out everybody. And, and it, it just, it didn't work for me and it wasn't a good enough movie for me to just sit back, turn off, turn off my brain and enjoy the movie for the movie. It, it, it begged for me to, to, to ask these questions because it wasn't entertaining enough for me to not to. There's a lot of things that weren't explained. So there's this whole veiled backstory with the dad that was never fully explained. There, there was just a lot of stuff with the biology that wasn't explained. And also the cop or the timekeeper, he was reporting to somebody and that was never explained who right. he was reporting to or, or what. So it was just all this big thing that limited the cast down to what they had. And it was like there was other portions of this world that needed to be explained that just weren't. So the editing of this story for whatever reason just was not done well. I mean, it's not a good story to, to it. It will never be a cult favorite. Well, there were too many factions, right? There were too many things going on. I mean, we had the, we had the cop that was chasing him and we, we learned later on that the cop was, is fairly, you know, on the level, on the board, he's not a corrupt cop. He's just doing his job, but he's not really a bright cop either because he thinks Will killed that guy when there's clear video evidence that the guy would just died on the bridge and fell off. So I he's don't not. Think, I don't think that he thought Will killed him. He was trying to maintain the balance of time. He's a timekeeper. He wasn't interested in justice or anything like that. He was seriously considered 
are worried about this 100 years creating an imbalance in whatever zone they were in at Dayton, but it is, is it Dayton zone 12? Is that it? Yeah, I think I so. Remember. Yeah. The, the, so it was an imbalance there. If you had 116 years that were spread out in there, then you have people that could live longer. And then you had all that time that would not filter up as quickly as it needed to do. So it's a very controlled ecosystem in order for these people to live for millions of years or whatever they wanted to do. So another thing is, is the gang that was in there. I mean, it didn't make sense that he was being chased by the gang was too sporadic in, in the story. I mean, they were there to create conflict. And then whenever the conflict didn't need to be there anymore, I mean, it was just way too easy for him to, uh, get rid of them. I mean, he takes out three dudes with a gun while he's doing an arm wrestling thing with the gang leader and and then takes out the gang leader by draining him of his time. It just, that didn't work for me. That was kind of stupid. Yeah. The The gang made sense at the beginning, um, you know, as far as putting that guy in danger because he was flashing, you know, flashing his money around basically. Sure. But but after that, it was just kind of it was just kind of stupid. And the and the gang is going to create a, a huge imbalance too because they're stealing time from everybody. So they've got to have amassed a, a large amount of time because there's plenty of people in the ghetto, and even at stealing at you know small increments of you know uh, an hour here, a day there, they're going to have plenty of of uh, plenty of time accrued. So that creates an imbalance. So why weren't the time cops on them? I know he said because we have a limit, but, you know, what's that limit? Well, even they have to expend their time. So them expending their time then filters the time up through the economic levels. So it eventually gets up. But they're expending time. They're not really accruing. They're not a gang that is going to have millions and millions of dollars. By the way, the gang is called the Minutemen. So they're not... Sure accruing a thousand years or a hundred years. He killed one of the guys, which I, it's the guy that they backed the car up and they shot him as they were backing the car up after the time kept flowing through Dayton. And I couldn't get a clear look at the clock on his, um, on his arm. There was a slow, there was a shot of that arm as he's dead. Right. But the head Minuteman, I can't remember his name. I want to say it's F something, but I, I just Fortis. can't remember it. Fortis. So Fortis turns around and he's got, okay, that was a wasted 30 days. So he only had 30 days on there. So it's not a tremendous amount of time that they're flowing through. They're, they might not be living day by day, but they're not living year by year. Maybe month by month, probably week by week, because they don't have a lot of time. There's only so much you can take from a individual, right? And that gets me to another point here. And maybe it's a small issue for you guys because of the way that you've described how this works, but how exactly does that transfer work? What if you accidentally give too much? How do you slow it down? How do you speed it up? How do you give the exact amount? I did not understand that at all. It's kind of like the comm badges in Star Trek. How do they work? It's, it's all on the wrist. It's all in the wrist. Yeah. Now I figure they were able to, you know, think of a, of an amount that they wanted to transfer, or maybe it is, you know, the, the way that they, they hold their wrist because the, the arm wrestling scene, it seems like 
if you had your wrist on top, you were the one that was receiving, uh, and the one on bottom was was losing time. So I, I don't. Yeah, it was it was confusing on on how that that mechanism worked as well. It was it was pretty nebulous. And at the beginning of the film, when Will is going from Dayton to New Greenwich, it seems to take forever as he's going through all these things. And yet, as he's escaping with his car, it takes less than, I mean, he had less than two hours. And by the time they had the accident, it was 30 minutes left on each of them, I think. So it only took them an hour and a half to get back. So I don't know. I had this time dilation where it took them far longer to get upstream than it did downstream. Yeah, that's that's one of those common things in movies where it's just far enough for the plot. You know, there's they 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 have just enough time to get there just it it just takes enough distance for for plot reasons and and that's one of the things that I hate about shows. Uh, Game of Thrones was really bad at that towards the end of the seasons where massive armies were able to span continents in, in what seemed like, you know, a week's time, which was just stupid. But yeah, I, I, I agree. The, the, the time dilation or the distance dilation was, was pretty blatant in this show. Now, at first I thought, you know, they were talking about Dayton, Ohio and like Greenwich, Connecticut. Yeah. Greenwich, Connecticut. I was like, how in the hell did he get from Dayton, Ohio to Greenwich, Connecticut in like a day? Because that's a that's a pretty long drive. But I think these were just zones inside Los Angeles. So, I mean, I did some searching on the holder of all knowledge on the rectangle of all knowledge, by the way, which is the cell phone. And I was looking for if this was based on any sort of a written thing, like a book or novel or short story somewhere out there or whatever. Come to find out there was a legal action on yeah. this one smaller story, but it was after he saw the movie, he saw that it was obviously not the same uh, story that he had written way back when. So the lawsuit was dropped. There was no monetary exchange or credit in the screenwriters portion of the movie or anything like that. So there's no book that this was based off of that. You can go back and you can see, and that's what I was thinking. If I could go back into a book, I could see if they are literally talking about the continent of the United States, or if they are literally talking about zones in LA. And from all I could see on the map, it just looked like LA. It wasn't anywhere right. else. So obviously it wasn't Dayton, Ohio or any other Dayton out there. It was Dayton as a new district in LA, which yeah. why the heck would you name a district Dayton in the LA region. I have no idea. It's a stupid name. Yeah. Confusion. I think, I think it was, I think it was just to make it sound like it was further away than what it really was. You know, uh, maybe they were expecting you to think it was in Dayton, Ohio or whatever. And not necessarily all in the same city. Well, that time and distance thing would be even dumber at that point, because why would you drive all the way to Greenwich, Connecticut? I mean, well, it wasn't Greenwich. It was New Greenwich. Well, you figure New Greenwich is, I mean, true. I guess you could say New Greenwich might be anywhere. But then they they dropped the new for most of the movie and just called it Greenwich. This movie was putting way too much thinking into it. Okay. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. Just this movie was for the ride. 
Yeah, this movie was obviously meant to showcase Justin Timberlake and just his prettiness on the screen and to get his acting chops out there is the only thing I could think of because the acting wasn't all that great. Uh, his acting wasn't all that great. The writing wasn't all that great either. There was there's like maybe three lines that you can kind of remember from this movie. Like, oh, maybe you thought this was a drive through bank or wow, then you get in quality time with your dad or whatever as they're heisting the million dollar thing. There there wasn't really a lot of great one-liners. It wasn't, you know, the stereotypical Bruce Willis or Sylvester Stallone or or any, you know, big action hero movie one-liners that are out there. It's Bonnie and Clyde, really, smattering with Robin Hood. That's what this is all is and yep. showing yep. off Justin Timberlake. Well, that's what I said to Jason uh, yesterday. Um, you know, I was like, this is basically Bonnie and Clyde. And he goes, yeah. And I said, and it's Robin Hood. And he goes, how is it Robin Hood? I said, they're stealing from the rich, giving to the poor. He goes, oh, okay. So, of course, you hadn't seen it yet. So right. I can I can see why you didn't understand that. And then I also, same as you, SP, uh, I was thinking Hunger, Hunger Games. You know, this is uh, this is an early version of Hunger Games in terms of, you know, the different districts and that kind of thing. Um, Hunger Games did it a lot better as far as uh, separating it geographically than this movie did. But. Wow, and that's a that's a pretty low bar in and of itself. So, well, hey, I didn't saying that Hunger was, Games is better than something is saying that whatever you're comparing it to is pretty bad. I will say the cinematic quality of Hunger Games is way better than this one. Yeah, way I'm pretty better. sure they had bigger budgets. They definitely had a more stacked cast. And maybe that's what you need. You need a bigger budget to do the correct filmography during, not filmography, but the cinematography during, you know, shooting on location in different locations or better special effects or better practical effects as you're going along. I, I don't know about that because, again, Gattaca was a really, really good movie. And yeah, but even Gattaca's special effects were kind of hokey when you take a look at it again. The no, story, I, the story is okay because it's contained in in a bottle of the area, and you have a limited amount of sets, and you don't really see too much on location outside. I mean, there's this not a one, ton of special effects in Gattaca to begin with, but I thought the the set design and the and the effects that it did have were were well done, and it had a it had a lighter budget than this movie. Yeah. This one tried. It just, just didn't get there. It wasn't, I don't know. There's a believability factor or it was, it just wasn't really a good story. Maybe it comes down to the 20, everybody's 25 on screen and that's what you have to deal with. Maybe it comes down to that. I don't know. Would it have been better if they were 30 or 35? It would have made more sense if they were, you know, up to 40 or 45. You could depict somebody that was more experienced and an older actor and have it be a little bit more believable. All right, Rob, you got a haiku for us this week. Oh man, do I ever, uh, this one is titled choices. Hotties forever. Daughter, mother, grandmother, Dating decisions. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Wow, that actually fit. I had to count some of those just to you make did. sure. I, yeah. Hey, yeah. I am always accurate. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, who's got awards? I got yes, sir. All right, we're going to start with SP. SP, who's got your black lung? This was difficult because, I mean, why would you smoke when you just, you know, people take smoke breaks, right? So they're not going to take a break if they don't have the time for it. Even the, the higher society, they're not smoking or whatever. So I will have to default to one of two things. And since I mentioned it before, I'm just going to mention it now. Timberlake's car. It was smoking by the time it got to the bottom of the culvert. So we'll just go with the car. All right, Rob. So, so before I'm going to say the car too, uh, but that he brought up a good question there or a good uh, thought there. What, what happens if you're chronically ill? I mean, do you still die from disease? Well, I guess you do. Cause he drunk himself to death. I mean, I yeah, you, you, you could, I guess, die from acute alcohol, alcohol poisoning. Yeah. So I guess you could die from like, uh, like lung disease or something like that. If you were uh, a smoker, possibly cancer, yeah. cancer would itself would be difficult because if your body stops aging, that means that the cells are pretty You're locked not, in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The cells are locked in. They're, they're regenerative and they're regenerating at, at a, at, you know, a 25 year old, I guess, telomere length, but um, that, yeah, they may have been able to, stop cell mutations so that would get rid of cancer as well so for drinking yourself to death that would be possible because you're literally introducing too many toxins into your body for your cells to be able to uh, rapidly uh, heal yeah. themselves for so right. uh, y- your blood alcohol level is too much and your oxygen in your body is too low so i could see drinking yourself to death but cancer like smoking or i don't know nuclear devices or whatever unless the onset is so much like you're you you get in, bombarded by so much gamma radiation that's going to kill you almost instantly you're going to survive or turn you into the hulk i don't think it would because your cells would be locked in to be non-hulk cells yeah but if you're you're bombarding them faster than they can regenerate then you could turn into the hulk yeah Unless your body reverts back. No, that's true. (laughs) All right. So, um, yeah, I didn't see anybody smoking. So I'm giving mine to honorary Richard Dawson. Rob, who's got your head lush? I thought Black Lung was Doc Cottle. Oh, yeah, that's right. My bad. Doc Cottle. Woo. Man. I was thinking uh, head, head lush, lush and, and, and said Richard Dawson, but no, Doc Cottle. Gotcha. You're right. you, you, were, you were trying to get ahead of the game there. I understand. Uh, head Lush, I'm going to give it to Leonard Hostetter uh, for his drinking problem <laughs> and killing himself nine years on his clock. Okay. SP? Yeah, that was the one and only real drunk that we saw. There was other people that were in the bar, but he was the one that was drinking the most in the bar. Uh, maybe Harrison, because he had that flask full of varnish so I'm, i'll go oh, with henry harrison just to be different henry henry is yeah is that was henry harrison right henry hamilton hamilton okay we'll go with him you were way off samsonite jeez Doesn't all matter. right so Crappy movie 
Yeah, mine's going to go to uh, David Healy as well uh, for drinking himself to death at the bar after he got 10 years uh, from from Will. So uh, that's a two out of three right there. All right, SP, who's getting your player? Well, I mean, I mentioned it before. We just got to continue it. You know, when you get in that situation, what do you do? You find the richest person out there and you take his daughter out and you go... Skinny dipping in the ocean. Yeah. I Timberlake. He gets it. Rob? Yeah, yeah. JT getting his sexy back. It's three for three. JT is gonna get mine for seducing Amanda Some, Seyfried. Someone would call that a uh, three way. Yeah, this is not this is not your show. That's not what we do here. Otherwise known as a menage a trois. Oh my god. <laughs> uh Rob, who's getting your purple hippo? Yeah. Um so this one's kind of a stretch, but uh, I'm going with uh, Sylvia, uh, specifically when she gets, uh, you know, she sees the ghetto for the first uh, for the first time, or but sees sees the plight, you know, the dead people on the ground for no no apparent reason. Um, that's just gotta that's gotta kind of just shock your 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 worldview and just what you thought everything was. You know, she had one she had one mental image of things uh, and it was completely different. It wasn't black and white. There's grays and greens. SP. You know, I had originally written down Sylvia too, because, you know, she turned all Bonnie during the whole thing. That was just an all purple hippo moment to me, but you know what? I'm going to call an audible and I'm going to go with her. What I think is her mom, because she went to Philip and said, you suffocate us all, you know, in that deadpan thing as they were talking in the office there. So I'll go with Sylvia's mom. Okay. Uh, so mine is going to go to Will's mom because after she pays off her two day loan, she's only got like an hour and a half left. And her plan was to pay for an hour, pay for a bus ride with an hour of that, which is a huge amount of money for a bus ride. Jeez. Um, and then she realizes that she can't take the bus because it's now two hours per ride and she's two hours away from where she needs to be, uh, to get some more time from, from her son, Justin. So, or will, so she runs and then just as she almost gets to the, 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 the finish line to salvation to get some more time, she runs out of time herself. So not only did she have that endorphin rush of a runner's high, but she had the adrenaline rush of about to die. So that, that probably was a pretty heady cocktail. And uh, yeah, she's going to get my purple hippo. Wow. You that really thought another- that one through. Yeah, it was another option for me, but I decided to go the other way. All right. So uh, what do you guys think? Is it a recommend or an avoid? Uh, we watch these things, so you don't have to. <laughs> SP I would not recommend this at all. Do you know the simple fact is I did I, I was doing a little research after you asked me to be on and I was looking for any sort of podcast out there that was reviewing this movie. And I looked in several different databases. I even looked at another podcast that I was sure had reviewed this and I could not find it in their podcast uh, RSS feed. So just by the simple fact that there aren't 
too many. I mean, maybe there is some out there and I just couldn't find them. Aren't too many readily available podcasts that review this should tell you to stay away from this 2011 <laughs> wonderful film that was uh, not good to watch at all. Definitely not twice. Well, it, if it's on TV and you're bored out of your mind, eh, sure, why not? I wouldn't even do it then. I would there find so something else other, to watch. There's so many what? streaming services out there. There's, you know, Rob, there's so much Star Trek out there that is available to watch, like Picard or Lower Decks or Lower any Decks. Of that yeah. Stuff. yeah. Yeah. Especially on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. You, got lower you, two decks are, on Wednesday. you two are insufferable. All right. So next you know, week. Uh, what about this last one, you know, where they did the whole Riker manu- uh, uh, play? You know, they got Transporter clone now. I hate I know, you now. That's great. And yeah. and Riker did his Riker maneuver. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. All right, so yeah. next week, we're not going to be on. So we are moving to a bi-weekly schedule. So in two weeks, we will be discussing the movie where Nick Bannister, a private investigator of the mind, navigates the alluring world of the past when his life is changed by a new client, May. A simple case becomes an obsession after she disappears and he fights to learn the truth about her. It's a new movie. It's coming out this week. We are going to discuss Reminiscence, 2021's neo-noir starring uh, Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson and Tandy Newton. So I'm looking forward to this. Uh, The trailers look really good. And I'm I'm a sucker for a neo-noir film. So has anybody else seen trailers? Yeah, yeah. I've I've seen a trailer or two out there, but I'm honestly, the yeah, with any 2021 movie, it's really hard to tell if it's going to be one that I want to go see or not. And if I can stream it, it definitely has a better chance of me and wanting it, to see uh, it. Well, it's Paramount? on HBO Max. Oh, HBO oh. Max. Okay. Is it the one that, didn't they say that they're coming out with one film a month to HBO Max? Is this the one for this month? Um, no, this will be the second one for this month because they did the Suicide Squad earlier this month. Yeah, I don't know if this one will be streamed on HBO Max. I don't it, know for it sure. Is. I, yes. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe it I'll is. watch it. I promise. Yeah. He, I've he seen, I've seen the trailers on HBO Max. Okay. Well, I want to thank USP for coming on and uh, talking about End Time with us. Uh, I know you didn't have to, and I did tell you the, the, the movie before you agreed, so you can't blame me on, on trying to pull the wool over your eyes before and, and make you agree before you came on for once. This wasn't a, a bet that you lost. So I appreciate you coming in on, uh, on your own accord. Tell everybody where they can find you. You can find me at the Gunna Geek Network, which you can find at gunnageek.com. That's G O N N A G E E K.com. All right, and that's all we've got for this week. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Podcrawl music well, is Snack Mix by Machette. You, uh, if you'd like the show, please rate and review us on show. iTunes. You can leave us feedback on yeah, our Discord Rob, channel at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Discord. On Twitter, at Satters underscore podcast, or you can email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at outlook.com. If yeah. you'd like to throw a few nickels our way, you can become a Patreon yeah, supporter really by going to smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Patreon. Or this week, I'm Jason. Yeah, and I'm a robot, apparently. And I'm SB. And we'll talk to you in two weeks.